Hello guys, welcome to our channel. Today we will explore together one of the most horrifying cases of the medical world. The perpetrator took advantage of his ability to kill the victim and dismember the body to destroy evidence. Mohammed Shamji is a famous surgeon and Dalana Frick is his wife. But the popularity of Shamji and their marriage became an obsession and torture for Alana. Alana was brutally murdered. But what's more horrifying is that Shamji dismembered his wife's body and dumped the pieces of meat into a nearby lake. However, many questions remain about this crime. How could a man with a good life, successful career and happy family commit such atrocious and absurd act? Join me in uncovering the dark mysteries of the Mohammed Shamji and Alana Frick case. The city of Toronto extends a warm welcome to you. The city of Toronto, which serves as the capital of the province of Ontario in Canada, is a thriving metropolis that is distinguished by its multiculturalism, sports, and distinctive monuments such as the CN Tower. It is only a stone's throw away from Niagara Falls and less than 50 miles away from New York State, and it is tucked away against the shore of Lake Ontario. There are nearly 10 million trees in Toronto, all of which coexist peacefully with the cities and the surrounding areas combined population of over six and a half million people. An interesting statistic is that an astounding 88% of Canadians drink coffee and the typical Canadian consumes 6.5 kilograms of coffee beans per year here in the country. Before we can settle in at our destination for the day, we have to first drive 400 miles to the southwest to the city of Windsor, which is frequently ignored. Windsor is its own city that is located in a completely distinct nation, despite the fact that it is located right across the Detroit River from the greater Detroit metropolitan region. Windsor is considered to be merely a suburb of the greater Detroit area. Joe and Anna Frit, immigrants from Croatia, made their home in this picture-perfect city so that Joe could find work at Chrysler and Anna could find job at General Motors, two rival automakers. The married pair would go on to have a total of two children over the course of time. Their first daughter, Carolina, was born in 1970 followed by Alana, who arrived in 1977. Their youngest child was named Alana. Both of these young ladies possessed a high level of intelligence, but Alana was more focused on her studies. She devoted the majority of her youth to activities like as reading, dancing, and excelling academically at Sandon's High School. And Alana was every bit as driven to achieve her financial goals as she was throughout the previous summers. She would spend her breaks from school working in the fields of maize just outside of Windsor. Alana has a natural talent for both mathematics and science, and for a long time, she dreamed of having a career in medicine. Interestingly enough, I had the same goal until I became interested in engineering and then YouTube. By the time Alana was in the 10th grade, she had at long last discovered a worthy companion, and all the way through their time as undergraduates at the University of Windsor, they were a very content and stable pair. However, as Alana moved to Ottawa to start medical school, the great distance began to cause strain in their relationship.
and ultimately, Alana decided to end it. Although this did provide way for a more interesting student lifestyle, Alana continued to lead a single life for the following couple of years despite this fact. All of it, however, changed suddenly in the middle of the night in 2003. The new person's appearance caught her attention as she was playing pool in the recreation area of Ottawa Hospital. Mohammed Shamji was the man's name, and he was a student in the neurosurgery department at the neighborhood hospital. Because he was curious, he inquired with a couple of the nurses about who Alana was, and ultimately he obtained our contact information. Alana, our brilliant young lady, and Mohammed both excelled in their respective fields of study. After completing his undergraduate studies at the illustrious Ashbury College, he continued his education at Yale, where he was able to get a master's degree in organic chemistry with flying colors. Mohammed was brilliant in the classroom, but he had a difficult time connecting with others socially and might come off as extremely superior. At first glance, all of these characteristics worked together to make it rather challenging for him to get a date. And there was no exception to this pattern with regard to Alana. Mohammed had a difficult time interacting with her on their first date, and despite the fact that he had unintentionally drawn her attention and gotten himself in her good graces, he was at a loss for what to do with himself. And rather than that, he actually asked her if he could introduce her to his friend and set them up on a date. Excellent work. After some time, they began dating one another. But even from the very beginning, there were concerning signals that were visible. Alana was completely consumed by her passion for Mohammed, to the point that she even considered herself unworthy of him. This was most likely due to the fact that technically he was having an affair with her while he kept seeing another lady who he met earlier in college. However, he was still seeing the other woman. This instantly produced tension and contention in their relationship. And from the very beginning, it appeared to be quite one-sided. Alana frequently showered him with gifts and acts of kindness. But Mohammed gave the impression of being unmotivated and dishonest despite Elena's efforts. Because of this, Elena's parents became concerned, and they ultimately decided that they did not want their daughter to marry him. And because of these issues, Alana was forced to call it quits with Mohammed twice during the first year of their relationship, but each time he was able to convince her to come back. Pregnancy is one of those life events that may take you by surprise. And unfortunately for Mohammed and Alana, it occurred in the midst of a very uncertain second year of their relationship. And as for Mohammed, he discovered that his hands were bound together. If you come from an Ismaili Muslim household, getting married and starting a family is something that is highly expected of you. And in the end, he made the decision to marry Alana regardless of whether or not he desired the marriage. To show their appreciation for this, the couple tied the knot legally in September of 2004. We have located a house on Scout Street in Ottawa, and we will be moving in there. Alana and Mohammed both found work in their fields of family medicine and neurosurgery and eventually became comfortable there. And by January of 2005, 
It had gotten to the point where it was time for them to bring into the world their first daughter. Unfortunately, Mohammed's viewpoint didn't shift all that much as a result of this. Still dead set on advancing his profession, he frequently put in extra hours in the office and in the classroom, and even when he was at home with his family, he would withdraw to himself. Unfortunately, Mohammed would never really acknowledge the existence of his wife and daughter to the extent that they deserve. And as a consequence of this, the connection that he shared with Alana would begin to deteriorate over time. And as time went on, Alana's parents observed that Mohammed was becoming increasingly hostile toward their very own daughter. When I called Alana's house, I overheard him verbally harassing her while I was listening in on the conversation by accident. She frequently threatened to file for divorce, but Mohammed would place the responsibility on her, and instead he would phone her parents to tattle tale on his own wife. She was Mohammed's wife. The couple's relationship had reached such a tumultuous state by the summer of 2005 and Mohammed's behavior had grown so uncontrolled that the situation had devolved to the point where Mohammed punched his wife in the face, causing her to suffer a split lip as a result. Mohammed was placed in a very precarious position as a result of this, since the attack had led to accusations being brought against him. At the time, he was in the process of enrolling in a doctoral program at Duke University and having a criminal record would make it impossible for him to complete the program or further his career. Because of this unexpected knowledge, Mohammed was obliged to urge his wife to withdraw all allegations against him. He charmed his way back into her arms and finally emphasized that if she persisted, his life would be over if he didn't get what he wanted. It is vital to emphasize this aspect because not only did it make it possible for Mohammed to get away with his violent conduct, but it would also make it possible for such infractions to be committed in the future. After some time, the accusations against Mohammed were eventually dismissed, and in their place, he entered into a peace bond that placed him on probation for a period of one year. After that terrifying moment, things started to get back to normal. Mohammed was able to sign up for classes at Duke University without any problems. After making the trip to North Carolina, the family ultimately settled into the mundane routine of a typical suburban life. The practice of going for morning runs and participating in marathons on the weekends quickly became widespread. While the parents focused on their jobs, their daughter was cared for at a childcare center. Mohammed was able to finish his PhD in just over three and a half years, despite the fact that it was supposed to take him five. Alana was granted a coveted scholarship in the meantime, which covered the majority of the costs associated with her education. They were both emerging stars in their own domains in terms of the chemistry they worked in. In the summer of 2009, once Selena's studies were through and the family had expanded to four members, they moved back to Ottawa, Canada. There, Alana began her job as a physician at Ottawa's family hospital. However, Mohammed was still putting in a significant amount of work toward his goal of becoming a neurosurgeon. Both of them would eventually create distinct personas for themselves on the internet. It's probably not necessary for me to point this out to any of you 
since I believe most of you are already aware of it, but social media platforms can be highly misleading. It is all too simple to peruse social media and sense a certain amount of emptiness, which I think I can say speaks for all of us here. I think I can speak for all of us. These pictures have been hand-picked from the absolute greatest instances in our lives, and they may surprise us by showing us breathtaking tropical vacations, outrageously excellent foods, unique affordable hobbies, or some crazy occurrence. The pleasures of ordinary life become less noticeable as a result of this. And a lot of the time it also causes individuals to present their lives as flawless, when in reality there may be a great deal of anguish, rage, and suffering concealed behind that smile. This was no different when it came to Alana and Mohammed, as beginning in the year 2012, they started portraying themselves as the ideal power couple. This was no different when it came to Alana and Mohammed, two incredibly accomplished professionals who were head over heels in love with each other and always had each other's backs. They frequently traveled with their three gorgeous children to opulent conferences all over the world. Sadly, this ephemeral appearance served only to hide the reality of the situation that was taking place behind closed doors. And very few people were aware of the fact that Mohammed was in fact managing both his and Elena's profiles behind the scenes all along. His violent habit crept back into their lives one incident at a time until it was completely ingrained. Whenever they got into an argument, he would either resort to yelling to get out of the situation or tell his wife that he would have been happier with someone else. Both of these were common resolutions. Mohammed was presented with the opportunity to participate in a fellowship at Calgary's Foothills Medical Center around this time. This educational opportunity was ideal for Mohammed because he wanted to specialize in spinal surgery in the future. Because of this transfer, the rest of his family remained in Ottawa, and the pair would have to maintain their connection across a vast distance for around one year. On the other hand, perhaps there is some silver lining to this cloud. It's true what they say. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sadly, it did not turn out to be the case. Alana found out by accident that Mohammed was having an affair once more because he had left his email address logged in on the family computer on one of his numerous trips back home. Mohammed had made the mistake of leaving his email address logged in on the computer. Mohammed and Alana both came clean when they were questioned about the romance. She was in utter disbelief. But in spite of this, and despite the fact that her friends urged her to go, she continued to be loyal to him. Soon after this, the family reached the conclusion that a new beginning was in order, and as a result, they made the decision to relocate to Toronto. They moved into a more expensive home in North York that cost $1.5 million, and very immediately after that, the topic of having a third child came up in conversation. Given the precarious nature of their circumstances, you may have anticipated that the pair would take things more slowly and work out their differences before making any more commitments. But it's possible that Mohammed did this as a means of consolidating his power. In due time, 
Alana discovered that she was carrying a child. And in October of 2013, the family of four expanded to include a fifth member when Alana and Mohammed became parents for the first time to a boy. Over the course of the subsequent two years, things settled down. Alana's connections in the neighborhood flourished, and Mohammed was kept busy with his job. At long last, he had become a fully accredited neurosurgeon, specializing in spinal injuries and conditions. Alana's friendships in the neighborhood blossomed. Mohammed was known to be a very distinguished doctor who could save patients from situations that other experts would deem practically impossible. His reputation preceded him in the workplace, and as a result, others considered it almost impossible for Mohammed to save patients. Alana was also advancing in her career, and she finally became a delegate for the 11th District of the Ontario Medical Association, OMA. On the surface, their lives certainly appeared to be picture-perfect. A good number of people on social media were unaware of the difficulties in their relationship. But unfortunately, things were not going as planned at all. In one instance, Alana had a cut on the palm of her hand that required stitches, and in another, she had a bruised neck. Both of these injuries were caused by the same incident. Alana's close friends were aware of this and they inquired more about precisely what she had taken on. However, it is sad that excuses were continually offered, and by the summer of 2016, further issues had arisen. Alana had reasons to believe that Mohammed was cheating on her once more, and as a direct result of these suspicions, she once again threatened to divorce him. In fact, Alana began to search in other places as a result of this suspicion. And before she knew it, she was having an affair with another married doctor who already had children of his own. By the time autumn rolled around, an unseen but toxic vapor had nearly completely suffocated the couple's relationship. And mixed with a relentless emphasis on their respective professional fortune, there were many clear red flags that, in most cases, would result in the dissolution of any marriage. Infidelity and abuse were commonplace in the space that they referred to as love, a space that was, whether or not they were aware of it, on the verge of collapsing around them. By the end of November 2016, everything had been decided and settled. Alana had arrived at the conclusion that she had finally had enough. Mohammed did not develop a change in his character despite the many years of suffering, sacrifice, control, and torture and he truly was as cold-hearted, vicious, and belligerent of a man-child as his close friends and family had portrayed him to be in their minds. And with that out of the way, she had, last but not least, settled on the choice to divorce him. Alana went to a medical conference on Friday, November 25, and did all of her networking there by herself, without Mohammed. However, this did not prevent him from expressing his congratulations to her on Twitter. When Alana arrived home on a Sunday evening, she immediately gave Mohammed the divorce papers. She retained legal representation, and that representation required that he produce complete financial disclosure. And Mohammed did not react well to the shift in circumstances, 
which is presumably why friends and relatives became instantly suspicious when Alana mysteriously disappeared into thin air. Alana had suddenly cut off all communication with Mohammed on the first Thursday in December 2016, four days after she had handed him the divorce papers. Anna, her mother, had called her the night before, but she had to cut the call short since it was almost time for her kid to take a bath and she needed to get him ready. And at this point, it appears that Alana is ignoring all of our SMS messages. Would she get the same answer when she attempted to call her instead? Silence was the only response she got. Mohammed responded when questioned about the whereabouts of his wife by stating that she had gone in the middle of the night, carrying a bag, to be with a man with whom she was having an affair. But her parents didn't believe him. Anna had a passing familiarity with Elena's next-door neighbor. In addition to having worked together in the past as Elena's manager, they were also close friends. As a result, we requested that she secretly investigate the property, and when she did so, we discovered that Elena's automobile was still on the premises. The next morning, Elena's parents were already settled in their hotel room in Toronto. In point of fact, at 5 o'clock in the morning, they were knocking on the door. The quiet that their daughter maintained was intolerable, and they had a sneaking suspicion that Mohammed was aware of what was going on behind their backs. When they found the spare key to the house, they were able to get themselves in. Although the house was tidy, two carpets from the ground floor were gone, and the home phone appeared to have been removed from the wall. They did it so nonchalantly that they even started making breakfast for the children. Mohammed eventually made his way downstairs and entered the kitchen once he became aware of the disturbance. When he saw that it was Alana's mother and father, he replied, So you're the ones who called the police, before proceeding to question whether or not there were any more of those crabs. The authorities had previously visited the residence the day before after receiving calls from worried parents and anxious co-workers. And Mohammed told the cops the same tale that she told her parents, a story that didn't sound anything like the kind and caring mother of three that she was described as being by her parents. She would never abandon her kids in such a precarious situation. There was a problem with something. And sadly, that heavy sensation of mistrust rung true, as the very next day, a horrific discovery was made, which was a cause for much consternation. On the afternoon of December 2, 2016, a firefighter took his dog for a stroll along the Humber River, which is located near to Nashville Road. A lovely day in Toronto with a temperature of 5 degrees Celsius, which translates to 41 degrees Fahrenheit. The sky is mostly clear, and there are some clouds in the sky as well. As he moved closer to the foundations of the bridge, he discovered a suitcase that seemed as though it had been thrown from the road above. It appeared like the suitcase was packed. After making a call to the local authorities, cops arrived at the location to check what was inside, and while they were doing so, they discovered the body of a lady who appeared to be in her middle years. It was obvious that she had been severely battered so the cops wouldn't have to seek very hard for an early lead in the investigation. Due to the fact that the back had Alana Shamji's name and address on the tag that was attached to one of its sides. 
pertaining to North York. The corpse was brought in for inspection, and at the same time, Elena's next of kin were informed about what had happened. As a direct consequence of this, her parents were questioned in an effort to ascertain whether or not the body in question belonged to Alana. Even though her mother was terrified and driven to her knees, she was unable to determine whether or not it was Alana who stood in front of her. On the other hand, her father was aware that it was her all along. Unfortunately, just a few hours later, DNA testing was able to establish beyond a reasonable doubt that the deceased person was Ellen Afrit. On the other hand, Mohammed was completely absent from the scene. In fact, his brother had arrived in the area to lend him assistance, and the two of them were now making their way southwest via Mississauga. A surveillance crew spotted the two of them meeting up with a man dressed in a suit about 8 o'clock. As they were getting coffee, and they believed that the man was there to provide them with legal advice. The authorities were becoming increasingly concerned that Mohammed and his brother might attempt to exit the country together. And I really, really hope that cup of coffee was the finest cup of coffee he's ever had in his life. This would be Mohammed's final cup of coffee as a free man since the police would soon arrive and arrest him on suspicion of murder shortly after this exchange took place. The fact that Alana's kids were present throughout some of their mother's last moments is probably the most upsetting aspect of this tale. It was discovered that Mohammed and Alana had gotten into an altercation in the early hours of the morning on December 1st. Unfortunately, much like the other confrontations, this one descended into physical violence. During this time period, Alana tried to make one phone call to the number 611, but the call was unsuccessful. It appears that she was in a state of panic when she attempted to dial 911, but regrettably, she was off by a few millimeters on the first digit of the number. Mohammed had always had trouble keeping his call, but when Alana decided to divorce the guy, his lack of control threw him into a frenzy. Previously, he had found it difficult to retain his call. Unfortunately, the oldest daughter overheard all that was said. As she made her way to the bedroom and peered through the door, she noticed that her father was on the opposite side of the bed, crouching down and looking up at her. Even though she couldn't see her mother or what was underneath Mohammed, Mohammed's daughter was told to go back to bed by her father. And when he was through, he stuffed Elena's body into a bag and dragged it out to the vehicle with him. In a confused state of terror, Mohammed was at a loss as to what he should do with the luggage, and after driving all across Highway 50, he hurriedly tossed it over of a bridge in the hope that the Humber River would transport it to Lake Ontario. On the other hand, he had no idea that the bag had actually fallen on the edge of the river. After that, he went back to his house and behaved as if the incident had never taken place. He got up early to make breakfast for his children, drove them to school, and then went on his way to work. Once there, he performed life-changing procedures on his patients. He sent text messages, mobile phone ones on his phone, one of which said good morning in order to cover up his mood. You don't seem to know where you are. I guess it's time for me to get the kids ready for school and drive them there. Call me if you can. After that, 
He transferred all of the liquid assets that belonged to his family into the trust account held by his attorney. The total sum was approximately $640,000. After that, Alana was eventually located, as expected. The day after that, according to the findings of the autopsy, she suffered from a fractured neck as well as multiple broken ribs. Her death was a result of suffocation, and before her corpse was thrown away, all of her hair had been shaved off in preparation for the occasion. A disturbing fact to keep in mind is that only five months before she went through this trauma, she had jokingly uploaded an image to Instagram in which she said that two striped doctors could break your neck and then mend it in the cruelest turn of events. In the end, he subjected his own wife to the same treatment. Mohammed was aware that the possibility of him escaping this predicament as a free man was extremely remote, and he prepared himself for the worst. And despite the fact that he first maintained his innocence, he finally accepted a plea agreement a few months later and pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. This allowed him to keep his own daughter, who was only 12 at the time from having to testify against him. During the trial, he stated to the court that mine was the worst act of treachery to a woman who had given so much to so many others, including me. As a consequence of this, Mohammed was ultimately held responsible for the murder of Alana Frick in the second degree. And because this is Canada, the judge gave him a sentence of life in jail with the chance of parole after serving 14 years behind bars. This implies that he might be released as early as 2030 if he meets the requirements for parole. After the court had finished its business for the day, the Frick family reiterated that they were satisfied with his plea deal. However, they did concede that they would have liked for Canada to have the death penalty, since they believed that life in prison was not a sufficient form of punishment. Naturally, they harbor the desire that he will never have the opportunity to be set free. Any question you desire. Despite this, how do you feel about the way things turned out today? Not a nice term. Maybe. It's okay. It's okay. You stated that you sought justice from the beginning. Do you believe you receive justice today? We will never have access to justice. Never. The only chance we have of finding justice is if she is able to return. And there is no way she will ever return. How is it going with the kids? They are doing well. I am grateful that you asked. They are making good progress. As a result of Elena's passing, there has been a fresh round of discussion around the topic of domestic violence namely the indicators of such abuse and the means by which such circumstances might be averted. It was seen that a large number of Elena's friends, both professional and otherwise, were aware of Mohammed's harmful behaviors. The loss of Alana was felt deeply by her family, her friends, and all of the communities she had touched throughout her life. She was a wonderful daughter to her parents, a wonderful mother to her three children and a bright professional who contributed to the improvement of the healthcare system. She was described as having all of these qualities. She was intelligent, had completed her education, was self-sufficient financially, and had a committed support network surrounding her. 
and by the time she had come to terms with her self-worth and begun to act upon it, the guy she had married had evolved into an even more formidable adversary. On December 17, 2016, Elena's burial was conducted in the same church where she had been christened and married earlier in her life. Her parents, Anna and Joe, made the decision to make a short-term relocation into the house where she had passed away in order to provide her children with the opportunity to continue leading as normal a life as they could. At some point, they decided to move house together as a group. At least in my opinion, this instance demonstrates that you never really know what's going on behind closed doors, regardless of who you are, where you come from how successful you appear to be on social media, or the circumstances of your life. Concerning Mohammed, who gives off the impression of being a highly educated and successful professional, one thing is for certain. He is devoid of emotional intelligence and common sense. And for a doctor who often plays a role in preventing unnecessary deaths, you would have thought that you were intelligent enough to know better than to endanger the lives of his wife, children, and both sides of the family, in addition to his own. The steps that Mohammed took really caused a chain reaction among his patients. Because of his impeccable reputation as a neurosurgeon, a great number of patients were unable to find another physician who possessed the necessary level of expertise to conduct surgery on them. Because of this, Hundreds upon hundreds of patients living with illnesses such as EDS have been prevented from undergoing life-changing procedures. Therefore, sadly, he messed up a great number of other people's lives in the process. Unfortunately for him, and despite the fact that he may be eligible for parole, his medical license has been permanently revoked. The episode for today has come to a close with this, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me today to explore this case. If you found the information provided to be intriguing or educational, please don't hesitate to show your support by giving this video a thumbs up and subscribing to the channel. If you have any thoughts on the Mohammed Shamji case, I would love to hear them. Is life in prison without the possibility of parole the only justifiable punishment for his crimes, or do you believe there are other options? Please feel free to share your ideas and opinions in the comments section below. Sadly, our time together has come to an end. But before we part ways, let us remember to always look out for one another. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you soon in the next video. Goodbye.